Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All right. Streaming away. Michael Irvin's gonna be. By the way, this is like. Can we not like just adjust this? Can we get the? Can we get a, a Phillips head? Not even a Phillips head. Like a normal screwdriver to just tighten this. Can we just tighten this? Seriously, is there any way to tighten this? This. I mean, we knew we were gonna be using this studio today, right? No one came in here to check if this thing wasn't. It seriously. This is. This microphone needs Viagra. Is what I'm saying. You Cialis, little something there. I, Microphone's I the, dick needs to be harder. We're on the stream. <laughs> Look, do what you always do. Hold it. Yeah, okay. There we go. I can do that. It's a cruel game, Ray. Well. I'm not talking about the football game. I'm talking about radio. It's a cruel game. You know what I oh, have? No, it's I'm, a, it's I'm a, pulling this thing up. No, I can't because then it's attached to the mic arm. You're screwed, pal. Really? See, we, we can't. We, no one got this screwed. I mean, we didn't even look at this today. No, uh, clearly not. Look at that. How am I supposed to work with that? You're not. Come on. You know, we could always go home. We will soon enough. See, you're hanging in there. Michael Irvin. You're being very resilient. He's going to join us at 4.30 today to talk about the fact that sports can be cruel, man. And football, it's honestly, it's the cruelest game of them all. When it ends, it ends. I mean, it ends real fast. And unfortunately, it wasn't a real fast ending for the 49ers, though. I mean, that was that was just a death by a million different things yesterday. And it was brutal. Absolutely brutal to lose like that. Every single number that could crash the Niner game plan went against them. Every call that could go against them went against them. And I'm not turning this into a complaining about the officials show. I'm not. I'm I'm not. But that was also, I mean, let's let's be completely honest. That was a terrible day of NFL officiating. Both games. Both games were officially atrociously officiated football games. They were just, and, and, and how do you improve it? That's got to be the number one off-season. Pro- Here comes Lucas with the screwdriver. God bless you, Lucas. I got three of them. You got three of them. So we need just give me a flat, fl- a flat guy. This one, right over here. Just I want to just see if I can tighten this up. So a little. 
Go ahead, Ray Van. So while Bob the Builder is busy fixing his microphone, uh, since you raised officiating, we say this every year about the NFL has to do something to address its officiating problem, and they never do. So why would you think that's going to change this time? Well, I mean, because it would be in the best interest of the league that is now so in bed with gambling that to create this element of constant confusion or questioning the integrity of the game is no longer uh, a place where they can do their shopping. As but far they, as I'm but they were in bed with gamblers last year, and they were in bed with gamblers the year before, and it never occurs to them to care about officiating. They didn't do anything the year that New Orleans got hosed. And New Orleans got hosed way worse than either the 49ers or the Bengals did. Well, I mean, because you can boil it all down to one play that New Orleans got hosed on. But That was so definitively a hosing. It's, it was, okay, but nevertheless, a hosing is a hosing. And the fact is, the NFL doesn't care about its officiating. They just figured, we're putting out a product. People are going to watch it no matter whether these guys are good or not. So why throw any more money at this particular problem? I mean, that's the message that they've sent, and they've sent it over and over and over again. Why would they? So what's the what's the good in not fixing it? There is no good in not fixing it except that it would cost them money that they can't recoup. But by, it's but it's it, pennies. No, it it's doesn't matter. It's pennies no, no, of no. NFL dollars but, in order but, to—I mean, to me, it, you're investing in your product. That True, but they don't review that as part of their product. I'm not agreeing with it. I'm saying they ought to be doing this. But every year, it's the same lament. And every year, nothing changes. So why would you think they would change it now? They don't want to spend any money if they don't have to. They're in charge of taking in money. Here's the deal, too. I don't want to spend a lot of money unless I have to. But if you're telling me I can make something wrong right for a dime, I got a dime for that. I mean, this is, we're talking about a dime. We're talking I, about a tenth of 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 a percentage. I fix get what you're saying, but they don't do it. So what's the reason? Do they like games being poorly officiated? What I'm suggesting to you is they don't care how they're officiated. Well, what I'm suggesting— Because they're not—because cha- nobody's stopping—nobody's refusing to watch the product because of it. They must like the noise. Or they must have done enough market research to determine that noise— is as good as agreement or it's actually it's worth more to have people screaming about outcomes is worth more to this league than everyone agreeing that was a fair and balanced game and it ended correctly and i'm suggesting that it's probably less less than that i think it's just they don't care we got the money already in we're going to keep making money because our ratings don't go down we get more for our rights every year this is not a problem for us. I think that's how they view it. It's not about the noise. It's not about, oh, this will help fill in the gaps, you know, in during during Super Bowl week. I think they just look at it as something they don't care about because they don't have to. And it's the same reason why Major League Baseball doesn't fix its umpiring issues. And it's why the NBA doesn't fix its umpiring issues. At least Major League Baseball is beginning to tinker on some levels. They, but they tinker on stuff all the time, and most of the time when they tinker, they actually make things worse. It's that the one thing that makes officiating better, the two things actually, one is a simplified rule book, and two, it is increased training for officials. The fact is, none of the leagues do any of that. 
I mean, they do lip service just so they can replace guys that retire. But most of the time they just go, well, who's a good guy in college that I saw? Oh, yeah, there was a guy in the Sun Belt. I really kind of liked him. You know what I think we should really do? If you ask me, like, so, yeah, I mean, you haven't asked, but, like, how, how would we begin solving some officiating problems here? I would make the college rule book and the NFL rule book identical rule books with a same identical game flow. We don't need time, you know, stopped clocks on every first down in college anymore. The games are taking way too long. And just use college as a, a feeder service, <coughs> pardon me, for officials, the same way that the NFL uses college for feeder service for their players. I mean, just use that as your farm system. Then you'd have to convince the people who run college football, which is basically the SEC and the Big Ten, who operate as independent, you know, imperial fiefdoms, to change their rules for somebody else. Because that, because what you're talking about it's is an NFL money. problem in which college football is supposed to solve it for them. When in fact, well, the where else are you supposed to train officials? I don't. What I'm saying is, if you're going to make, if you want a standardized rule book, it's either got to be the college rule book or the NFL rule book. And the NFL rule book is not going to change for college. You have to get the college people to change for the NFL. Well, now and the college the is NFL basically gonna... admitted we're no longer an amateur act. Like, I mean, college has officially admitted that. So you might as well adopt the professional style of play. But to go along with the professional athletes that you are essentially employing. Okay. And what I'm saying is the politics of that among college people is why should we sublimate ourselves? We're a pro league now, too. Why should we sublimate ourselves to their league, their rules? And that's a cynical statement. It's not a I've solved your problem for you. Because I think, yeah, the, the, the rule book should be standardized. Games should not take three hours and 45 minutes the way they do in college. And, but the NFL is better at doing programming than they are at doing game adjudication. And they have been forever. Although, because they're not interested in doing anything other than get the game over in three hours because we have another game coming up right after that. In terms of programming... We need to get Rob Gronkowski off any and all pregame anything. Like, the, the, the yo soy do not fiesta. Get him off. He's terrible. He's awful. He brings nothing to the table. No, the only the only guy that brings anything to the table now is Greg Olson, and he's about to get shoved aside for Tom Brady. Unless the Niners. Unless the Niners. We get you two more years of Greg Olson. And here's the thing. Not only could the Niners get a quarterback, but we get better broadcasts yeah. if that indeed happens. And, Greg and, Olson and, was fantastic, and, by the way. I actually wrote some things down about Greg Olson. Yeah. But speaking of that, Tony Romo's jumped the shark. Oh, my God. He's done. And, well, that's what I was going to say, too. The, he was good when he knew the players, he knew the coaches, and he knew the league. He is, what, six, seven years out of the league now, which means the entire league is turned over, and he is not telling you what's about to happen. His eyes are not keyed on the play. He is basically rooting for Jim Nance. Yeah. That, no, that's exactly it. In fact, you put it better than I could. It's He's, he's unlistenable already. His shelf life was about five years because this started like two years ago. Once he started to get the Corona ads, and he goes, oh, my God, I'm a conglomerate. Now he's, he's just horrible. I mean, and not just mediocre. I mean, there are guys in this league who you wouldn't even think of who are infinitely better than him. He might be among the worst. And he's not going to get any better. He's done. Well, and he's not working. I mean, that man is just not preparing. He is playing more rounds of golf than he is spending any time getting ready to break down the game that he's about to. to, to he's not even in the pronunciation guide. No, he's that's not none of it. He's just 
he's profoundly not good. And when Brady comes along, and he might next year, maybe the year after, who knows? He's not going to be. He's not going to prep for this stuff either. Oh, I, here's the thing: like Tom Brady is that sort of maniacal. A seeker of perfection that I wouldn't put it past him to, if he starts slow to catch up really fast or he'd be really be good day one. I think he's I think he's going to get into cruise control as quickly as possible because I he doesn't look upon broadcasting as anything other than a payday. I don't. But here's the thing: how how could we know how he looks upon it when we haven't listened to a single thing yet? We don't know. It's no, we are prejudging. I am what he might be, and, and there's there's zero evidence that Tom Brady has mailed in. Anything in his life other than the last 12 months of his marriage. Well, well, there's one. That's kind of an important example. But no, I, I don't think he wants to be a broadcaster. It's just a way to make $385 million over 10 years until he moves on to the next thing. I mean, I, I don't think he ever viewed broadcasting as a thing he wanted to do until Fox shoved so much money at him that he couldn't say no. Thought, so if we have to, if I'm projecting, I apologize, but I'm projecting on that side rather than the man. He's going to be insightful and hard, but hard bitten, and like he's really going to advance the game. Who knows? Who would have ever realized that you'd be great on radio? I'm not. I suck. But paired with Jim Nance, you're serviceable. Paired you're with welcome. Jim Nance, I would still suck. My suck can overcome anything. No. That- I've made you a hell of a broadcaster here, Ray. You don't even understand the way I've imprinted myself upon you. It's the coaching has been that hands off that you've that you haven't even felt it. That's great coaching, by the way. I don't know that you've ever been more full of crap than you are right now. <laughs> so what Greg Olson said about the RPO, I thought was his best statement of the entire day when he said, "What makes the Philly RPO? What what what, what it does to great players? They take a four. He says he they take a four five linebacker like Fred Warner." and they make him play 4-7. The offense creates hesitation. And I just thought that that was such an illuminating way to describe the danger of the RPO because it's always basically been been you know pretty much left in the well there's ball trickery. There's deception in between the quarterback and the running back and that trickery alone is where the magic happens. The magic actually is happening in the reaction to the trickery. Yeah, it's it's in the trying to do two things at the same time because one of them's going to be wrong. Well, and did you so, know the play I'm talking about where yeah. Fred Warner is literally flat-footed for two solid human heartbeats and Fred Warner doesn't play flat-footed for any human heartbeats. No, that because and that's the thing is there's RPOs and what the Eagles do with their RPO. The Eagles are far better. It, it, it's one of the reasons why they went 16 and 3 this year. Because they run the RPO better than anybody else. Because they have the tools to run it better than anybody else. That's the thing. When you have a running quarterback, he also has to be an accurate passer to make this work. And Jalen Hurts is accurate. I mean, you you didn't see the numbers yesterday, but you didn't have to. The fact is, they made the 49ers play on their heels. And nobody makes the 49ers play on their heels. Oh, just... Totally sucks that the Niners had to, one, play the catch-up game that you know that they're going to be uncomfortable in just based on they don't like playing from behind. Who does? You know, other than Patrick Mahomes, he's comfortable with it. Uh, But they didn't get to show the entire football world who they were 
not for a minute. And had Brock Purdy played the entirety of the game, I'm not saying they win the game even, but it's it's it, it's as much of a tight game as I think the AFC game was. I, I really do. It's in question in the fourth quarter. Anybody's game in the fourth quarter is a good way, I think, in my mind to look at that because as, as good as that Eagles offensive line was, it didn't blow holes open in the Niners' defense that made yards per play, rushing yards per play, passing yards per play, anything that is a, well, you're not going to be able to deal with that level of statistic. Not all day. I mean, they, they were gifted field position and a one-dimensional offense to play with through um, how how many how many snaps did the 49ers run yesterday 40, 45. 45 45 plays so 39 of them were dead on arrival if purdy got knocked out of the sixth play of the game but, 39 plays easy for a defense to just sit on yeah i mean and but, that that's why that game got so nuts ray but it got but it became nuts pretty quickly because purdy was being harassed in the six plays he did have I mean, they they not got, to the point where it, it led to an incompletion. No, but in terms of having to hurry, I mean, he wasn't. I, he didn't look comfortable there. Well, they were just getting the ball out fast. I mean, that's yeah, the thing that was point, designed to get the ball out was fast. The, to, the one play that he, he got still, blown up on was a play action. Okay, but the fact is, he got he got controlled early, so he wasn't ever comfortable, even with the four completions. And when he got hit, that's because the the pass protection collapsed completely i mean just i just don't know how the eagles were ever going to be deterred from doing whatever they wanted even with purdy in the game michael irvin's going to be joining us here in just a few moments we're going to talk about the game with him obviously looking forward to that conversation we always look forward to talking to michael i want to get back though to something that you said when we were on the terrestrial side of the uh, broadcast today where you you do, do you think the niners got tight do you think shanahan gripped in that one harder than maybe had he not you know like i mean i don't i don't know no, what don't, shanahan no, no, no. was supposed to do to fix the problem that was delivered to him no i well but that's my point but some timeouts for josh johnson i think would have been really important to might have been a band-aid down. on a gaping wound though might have been, might have been. Oh, no the, the reason why i asked the question was not because i thought shanahan gripped i thought he was presented with a series of problems in a hurry that no coach would have been able to deal with. And so there was sort of indecision, right? Okay, what do we do now when you have actually no quarterback? I don't know that Andy Reid could have saved that. I don't know that Bill Belichick could have saved that. I think there was a point at which he looked at, okay, I've got all this stuff that I can't do now, and I don't know what I can do because the only option left for me is to put my best offensive player at risk by playing him at quarterback. And I think he rejected that as, you know, the act of a madman. So I think that's what Kyle Shanahan did. And I'm not blaming him for it because I think it was an insoluble set of problems, one on top of another, that would render any coach paralytic. I just asked the question because I wondered if there was any way to, you know, to prepare what they had for what they were facing, and I don't think there was.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Joining us now on the Bud Light guest line, Michael Irvin, the Hall of Famer, the playmaker himself. Bud Light, by the way, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. And Michael, 49ers fans probably went home and had themselves a couple tall, cold ones after that one last night to drink the pain away. That was that was uh, a a. St- Stunning end to an exemplary season, but when it all came crashing down, it came crashing down hard and loud and fast. The minute Brock Purdy was knocked out of that game, the Niners were in a lot of trouble. The minute Josh Johnson fumbled the ball away on a shotgun snap right before the half, that was probably it right there. Yeah, and it was it was hard, man, when you see a team put in that kind of work. Put in, you know, and to, to get to where you guys got to, you go through your first string quarterback, the second string quarterback, you land on a third string quarterback that that that, that has that kind of run, and then turn around and lose him early in the game. Yeah, that that that, that was yeah, that was hard. And I'm gonna tell you something. Even watching that game early on, I thought, wow, I just I felt like I felt like. They had, you know, they were exhausted. They exhausted all the means. I remember watching Greenlaw hit somebody, and then he was stumbling. I was like, man, it feels like I'm coming through this airport, guys. So I said, it feels like that these guys have given all they had all season long, and it's starting to come down on them and crash down on them a little bit. So it was it was difficult to watch because I knew how hard those guys had worked and everything to get to where they are. And, and to see it work like that or fall out like that in that kind of situation, yeah, that was hard. Did you see anything in the Eagles that make you change your opinion about anything that they do? I mean, maybe for the better. I mean, maybe you saw something the Eagles did Sunday that they did better than you, they, than you thought they could do. And if you saw that, how do you think Kansas City would cope with it? How do I really say that now? Did I, did I see something that I thought they were better at? Yeah. Um, Sunday. 
The, the only thing, you know, and we, we asked the question, I guess I was today. I guess today is Monday. I'm, I'm assuming the difference is. You're in an know, airport. There are no that days. Was, that was the day. That was the day when we did first take. And one of the things that we talked about and one of the things we discussed was like the, the flight the flight of Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Did they have an easy path? And I was like, no, you don't go eight. don't win eight straight games and, and say, well, you know, they, they're not good for the top competition. They come back and win five straight games after that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you get, it, it's not about the competition. The one thing Philly has is the one thing San Fran has that I think puts you in every game, and that's you play a physical brand of football. I don't care what anybody say. I'm taking physical over anything and everything, and, and Philly plays a physical brand. So that, that that's what I think is going to get them over if they are to win this game against Kansas City. Michael Irvin, in an airport. What airport, by the way? There are, Airports change trips. But, so. yeah, yeah, I just landed landed back in DFW. Oh, okay, back home. Back home. You know, I'm shooting inside the NFL. Uh, yeah. L- let me ask you about Josh Johnson. Obviously, you can't have much, you know, hope for the team when a fourth-string quarterback who just signed with the team a few weeks ago goes in. But he's also a 14-year-long NFL vet who's probably taken more bad shotgun center snaps from more practice squad centers than anyone in NFL history, and he just looked with three delay a game penalties, completely unprepared. I mean, I, I I was never expecting him to be spectacular, but serviceable from a 14-year-long NFL veteran, serviceable should be the bare minimum requirement, and I was stunned by how truly awful he was. He was peeing down his own leg awful all day. Yeah, and, and, and see, that's a hard spot right there now. I know I it is. how long you've been in the league. You popping in in an NFC championship game. I mean, whoa, wait a minute. The next step is the Super Bowl. Every kid that ever came from his mother's womb, and we all came from a mother's womb, sat in his front yard and said, I'm playing, play, I'm wide receiver, I'm about to catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And to realize, to be in that spot in that game, man, that's, and, and to think about all the hopes and dreams that are riding on you, all the other 52 dudes are staring at you like, dude, don't mess this up. That's a hard place for a young man to step in and have to play. It is. It is. But the way I also see it is, too, is here is a guy who has been a perennial, you know, if not backup practice squad guy his entire career, and the spotlight has finally found you. Like, do you want an opportunity to sit and sign your autograph at card shows for the rest of your freaking life or not, buddy? Like, here is your one chance. It's a big one. It's a big ask. But to be so unprepared for the moment. Again, three delay-a-game penalties. And uh, there's a little bit, Michael, I want to ask you about Kyle Shanahan and his culpability in yesterday's loss. Now, no one here is putting that on Kyle. He loses his quarterback, and your game plan goes straight to hell as soon as that happens. We get it. But didn't you think he needed to be a little bit more, if not ready with that challenge flag on the Devontae Smith catch that wasn't, even throwing it out there without the benefit of replay, just because the others see the other team huddling up so fast, so you think, all right, maybe something ain't right. Let's just burn a timeout. If that, you know, it's 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 right to know what the hell just happened. And then to not be standing right by an official and call a timeout as you're 
fourth stringer is having trouble even getting the plays into the huddle. Like, could Kyle have been more pre, you know, proactive in helping that day not fall apart? Yeah, when you see that, those are the things that you start saying, okay, man, maybe, you know, you, 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 you throw that flag just in case, or you call a timeout, give them some time to try to find out what happened, all those things. But, but when that thing's going down in real time like that, you know what I mean? You trying to, you trying to mitigate and make sure, hey, I'm going to need these time. I'm going to need this challenge for later on and everything. That, that, that's what makes it difficult when, you, when you're going through that. When, when they're going through that, man, listen, I, I, I sat there and, and, and I, I gave Philly some credit for having a little signal. You know, when Devontae was sitting, throwing the signal, so hold up, let's do this, let's get this. You know, when he was throwing that signal, I was like, wow, you know, that, that, that's good on them. They got a signal. But then it, it does make you start saying, man, something's going on. Why don't they throw that challenge? But, but man, those things are crucial right there in that moment. For, for every team to try to keep as much as they could of those challenges. Let me ask you to play a roster magician for a minute. Uh, Brock Purdy is being examined to see if he's going to need surgery on his elbow. <coughs> and if he is unable, if the surgery is significant enough that he's unable to play at all next year, what would you recommend the 49ers do at that position? Well, that, they're talking about with 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 Brock Purdy and Trey Lance and all that's coming back. What, what do I recommend they do at the quarterback position? Yeah. Well, that's a hard call, man. How you gonna put that on me, man? Come <laughs> on, man. Hey, listen. You're <laughs> in the airport. You I, got nothing else to do. I guarantee you, right now, I guarantee you that that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch sitting over there said. You know, we got some things to discuss. And they really do have some, we got some things to discuss to get this back right. Because Bob Purdy did everything. He, he, he did everything he could to say and to earn more time, more work. He really did. When you talk about you put down, you went down the road, and this man at his floor, that's all I can say. He has to be at his floor because those were his first experiences on the football field. You can't be anywhere near your ceiling. I, that's something I got to search a little bit more. You know, I, I know Trey Lance is young, and he was at his, he's pretty much at his four, too. Uh, but, but, boy, I, I would have to look into that long and hard because of what they started like. You get a player that comes on the field and start like he started. That, that's worthy of giving him more opportunity and Brock Furtis. Certainly earn more opportunity. I don't give a darn about draft capital. I don't care what you spent on who. When you got somebody that's playing like that, you got to continue to search that cabin and see what's in it. And in the meantime, you might want to give Tom Brady a call. I'm just going to throw yeah. that out there too because he's going to yeah. want to go somewhere that's actually got a chance for him to win. You know, Brady's not playing for gaudy stats anymore. He wants wins, and I don't think there's a team that could offer him more wins than the 49ers. Maybe the Titans. Nah, and that would be about it. Yeah, you know what, now, uh, I, I don't even know if I'm saying the Titans. Now, I don't know if he wants to deal with a lot of issues Tom Brady dealt with this year. And what he dealt with this year was uh, he, he, he dealt with not a lot of him not being himself 
yes, without him not being himself. Uh, okay, come on, come on, there's a couple kids here. I gotta get a kid to picture. Get know? the kids. Get yeah. get. We're no. Yeah. Go right ahead. Yeah. We're so we're streaming yeah. right now. We're gonna play this back tomorrow, basically. And you they you never, do what you gotta do. Okay. They, yeah, okay. They they never saw get me a, catch one pass. I gotta give them a picture. Let them tweet it out to all of their friends. Hey, you know the kids be like, hey, aren't you that guy from the movie The Longest Yard that played a football player? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm a real football player that did a movie. <laughs> I ain't no movie guy that plays football. <laughs> but they don't they really don't know. And it's most of it's the most it's funny thing. It's just funny to watch sometimes, you know. Well but look at you. Giving back to the to the people, giving back to the kids who never even watched them play. But that's how that's great players are ambassadors of the game, man, and you're you're a great ambassador of the game. You truly are, Michael. So listen, let me tell y'all something too. I was so hurt. Even after that game, it's just it's amazing how emotionally we get and caught up in all of this, you know. Because you know, I interviewed uh, Debo that day, you know, a couple of days ago. He called me. I was working out. He called me. He said, "What's up, bro? What's up, big boy?" I say, "What's up, man? Why are you calling me, man? You know, I'm interview late, so, dude." And the little stuff like that, it just lifts you. You know, you want to be able to share and pour back to these young men and. And, yeah, I, I felt that for him. I felt that for him after talking to him and knowing how much he really wanted to win that game. I felt I felt bad for him. I bet you did. It's got to be a tough place to be operating from, to have you know, the, the opportunity of your professional life four quarters away from you, and then it's just over. I mean, there, there's nothing that comes to a screeching halt quite like a football like season, right? Right, right, like that, like that. Dude, and, wait, wait, wait. And, and now, look, and you go to these games. I was like, I, how many times I told you guys, oh, I think about that play with Deion Sanders in that 95 championship game. Every every day I think about that play. That dude, that, that dude from Cincy, that, that, made, that, 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 pushed, that pushed Patrick Mahomes out, yep. that was crying on the sideline like that, man, after having a great season, after having a great season, crying on the sideline like that, man. Dude, I felt so bad for him. Seriously. This thing is going to, you know what I mean? It's going to linger. He, it matters. And I hope he, he gets some kind of way of making it up and, and have a great career. But, yeah, the rest of his life, this thing will linger. I was about to ask you about that. Um, like, Joseph Osai was clearly broken up afterward, even though his teammates, almost to a man, had his back. Uh, how long, just from the outside, do you think that lingers with him? Or does he need to have a great game in similar circumstances to get rid of that. I'm thinking a little bit about Leon Lett, who was a very good player, but he gets stripped at the in the end and short of the end zone by Don Beebe, and that's the thing people remember about him. Yeah, but getting stripped short of the end zone by Don Beebe, you still get that Super Bowl ring. Right. You'd have, he'd have taken us to 59 from the 52. That would have been a record. But you still, Leon still has that ring. That kid was walking in, and those other kids, oh, and those other guys were saying, why'd you touch the quarterback? That's what he's going to be remembering. His teammates, his boys, hollering, how could you do that to us? How could you do that to us? You know, and, and him, that feeling of letting his team down, that's what I dealt with. Like, man, if I would have went up and got that ball, we could have been in a different situation, different place. And, and I think about it every day. I just, I just, I really felt for him. Watching his interview, 
man, I wanted to cry watching that kid's interview. After the kind of season he's had, I just can't mention, I can't announce, pronounce his name. That's why I didn't say it. Joseph but, Osai. But after the kind of well, after the season he had, the season he had, yeah, that was that was hard, man. But it just shows you guys what this means to 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 the players on the field to be in that position, man, and and to get that shot at, at another Super Bowl. Michael Irvin with us here on Damon and Ratto. And earlier, Ray asked you, you know, how you'd go about fixing the Forty Nine er quarterback situation. I got an even bigger ask. Michael, how would you go about fixing NFL officiating? And I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, that Niners fans got jobbed by officials, but they were penalized 11 times for 81 yards and that's the most penalized team in this postseason. I mean, you know, they they got thrown flags thrown at them they're like they were wearing Raider uniforms. The second most penalized team this postseason was the Bengals in the AFC title game. They were flagged for 71 yards and nine different flags. Is it time to do away with all-star crews? Is it time to start developing better officials, paying them more, having an off-season study program for them? I mean, it feels like this league has gotten better about everything. The games are better. The players are better. The coaching's better. The stadiums are better. Everything about the NFL is getting better all the time, except officiating. What, what can be done? I, I'm with you on this. I'm with you on this, and especially at this place. I say even more so now than even before. We should enhance all of these things. I, I understand that some things you don't want to go back over and do over, and, and because of time, because of time and the time it takes, that you just say, hey, let's keep it moving, let's keep it moving. We want to get the game in at a certain amount of time. But the playoffs, I don't care. We can start changing these rules. We, we, you work too hard to get here to lose this game on a bad decision or a bad call by a ref. That makes you no good. I, I, I was watching the basketball game, the Lakers and the Celtics the other night. <laughs> LeBron James, 105-105 to score. He goes take the drive. And clearly Jason Tatum slaps his hand, his left hand, he can't get the ball. And, and, and clearly it's a foul. Nobody made the call. Right after the game, they all apologize. That's a regular season game. Uh, okay, you don't care that mistake. But that mistake like that in a playoff, where, especially in the NFL, where it's one and done, no, dude, that's unacceptable. I'm not putting in eight, nine months of work to get to this one place, and then you miss a call, and it's all over for me. That That's unacceptable. And, yeah, something has to be done about that. Do you have a theory on what must be done first? Is it fixing the rule book so that it's more sensible? Is it figuring out a way to make replay more rational? Is it just training officials better? Do you have any theories other than this is unacceptable? Well, right, 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 right. First of all, the number one theory should be I don't care about uh, optics and, and you feeling bad. I, every call, I, you should have a crew already examining every call. Have your own personal crew somewhere watching the game and examining every call. When a call is made, if they can see that it wasn't a good call before any coach throws his challenge, they should fix it. But see, they don't want to jump in and fix it, and so they hide these things under, well, that was a judgment call. Come on, man, stop that. 
That was a bad call. You can put judgment on it if you want, but that was a bad call. Fix the bad call and let's move on and play the game, especially in the playoffs. That's what I'm talking about. Let's get a crew. In all playoff games, I'll have you another crew watching the games on TV and why they get and, – and, and, and you can put – I don't care if you put a camera on every call, whatever, and they're reviewing the calls before. They should – I understand that Shannon Kyle Shanahan should have challenged that, 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 uh, that Smith play. But what's wrong with the right crew with another crew seeing it even before he has a chance to challenge and taking that decision out and say, whoa, 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 that was a drop. Let's change it right now. That's what I would like for them to do too. Michael, you got to, are you leaning any early way on this Super Bowl? I mean, obviously this isn't your definitive end-all, be-all, take-it-to-the-bank pick, but just looking at right. you know the first few hours of Chiefs v. Eagles, what do you see? I'm trying to figure which way the Chiefs are going to run this race. You see what I mean? I looked over the schedule of the Eagles. They haven't faced a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. The only game they faced him was that that, that, that Green Bay Packers game when it's with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers took him to the end. Took him to the end with the team he had. We knew we know what kind of team that was. Um, and, you know they were fighting to get in the playoff later on, and, and certainly, and then you know it just did make it fell apart. But but then Detroit sent them home. But but I was looking at quarterback play because everybody said they had the easier schedule. They had the easier schedule coming into the season. Who have they faced? They haven't faced anybody like Patrick Mahomes. But Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers played him close. So it tells me Patrick Mahomes, with where he is, and if his ankle will be better than it was, he should be able to give you some fit with what he does. But I also harken back to 2019 when they lost that Super Bowl. To Tampa Bay, what was it? They because because they got at and got after Patrick Mahomes and boy, the Philadelphia Eagles got at and got after Brock Purdy, you know. And, and, and if they can get after Patrick Mahomes like like Tampa got after, then they, then they got a shot at winning this game, especially without a Tyreek Hill. But the one thing, the one thing Philly got that I say moves across the board no matter what game you're playing, no matter who you're playing, is they play physical football like San Francisco. And, 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 and trust me, Kansas City doesn't want to see that kind of physicalness. One more question about Patrick Mahomes, because, look, Tom Brady's trophy case alone stacks up against NFL franchises. And, you know, kids think, well, if you didn't win a Super Bowl, you weren't very good at it. Uh, Dan Marino is as great as a quarterback that has ever played this game. Per Just full stop. There was no one better than Dan Marino. You obviously played with and against the greats. Troy Aikman, Joe Montana, Steve Young. Having said all that, is Patrick Mahomes the most tooled up quarterback of all time? Like, I don't, I, I don't, what box hasn't he checked? It used to be, what, pain tolerance. He has checked that box officially now. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a better quarterback than him. Yeah, it, it, well, and this thing's evolving. You know, it keeps evolving. I mean, when you say about a quarterback, quarterbacking has evolved in such a way. Patrick Mahomes, is, and I use this Steph Curry analogy, just like the Steph Curry. He does all the things that every quarter, every coach says, no, 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 oh. 
No, no, no. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you can't live like that. Right. You would have gray hairs, your heart, stress, mother, everything will be going off all the days of your life. Only Patrick Mahomes can do that and do it the way he does it. And, and, and it's phenomenal. He is playing some of the most phenomenal quarterbacks you've ever seen. And the way he throws this football, he gets it off no matter what. That's what makes him insanely incredible. You, you, he gives those receivers he has a two, three, and a four route. Even after the first route, the first play don't work, you'll get a two, three, and a four chance because I'm going to buy time. And, and, and it, it, there's not many people that can buy time like he does and keep his eyes up the field, make plays. Some of those throws he made yesterday, it was, was pretty incredible to be thrown off of that one leg. And I got to give kudos to MSV, uh, out there, Scantley, the MBS, for showing up, for showing up and saying, not not my quarterback, and making the plays he made and, and going over 100 yards. In analyzing this game coming up, how much time will you spend as a guy who does this professionally? on the difference between the coaches. Does it matter that much come game time, or is it really just about players uh, performing? No, coaching matters. There's a reason. There's a reason Andy Reid has had five AFC championship games in a row in Kansas City. This is after he went to four NFC championship games in a row in four in four championship games in uh in Philadelphia. That's coaching. Coaching matters. But I gotta give Sirianni some credit on how he he he, he used uh influencers, he used motion to keep those linebackers for the forty ers at bay. And as I was watching it, I was saying, I wish Keller Moore could have done some more of this to help out the run game like what I'm seeing Sirianni do. Hey, Kellen Moore is gonna be helping out a uh, uh, Charger team from here on out. How about that news? Yeah, and listen, I, you know, I'm still mixed emotions on that, you know, because everybody's like, well, we're killing more. And Mike McCarthy may be calling the plays. Mike McCarthy ain't saying he is going to be calling the plays. So, okay, Mike McCarthy, are you just trying to bring some one of your other dudes in here? Because I know how the Nolan thing works. Or, or, or are you going to call the plays? Don't sit here and tell me you're going to get rid of Kellen Moore, who's put up the number one offense where he had Dak Prescott the last two years, putting up 30, 30, 40, 30, 30, 35 points a game, when, when, when you don't know for sure if you're making the calls and calling the plays. I, I, I'll take it if you're going to call the plays, because you call the plays to get to a Super Bowl. But if you're going to bring in one of your other Jamoke, that come in here with this Nolan thing that was a disaster when he had our defense playing that Oprah Winfrey defense where you get 300 yards, you can rush for 300. Hey, you, everybody can rush for 300 yards. You know how Oprah gives everybody a gift in the crowd. Everybody gets a stone. That, that's the kind of defense we were playing. So, you know, you got to make sure. I got I, The first part of that move is Kellen Moore gone. I need to know see the second part of this move. Are you going to call the plays and make sure you don't bring some other body in here that's out of touch and out of time like you did with my love? What's the old saying? Call me whatever you want, but don't call me late for dinner. 
Michael, whenever we call you, it is phenomenal. I don't know if we're going to talk to you like right before or maybe after the Super Bowl, but I certainly hope we get the chance to talk to you one more time this year. What did you say? Oh, yeah, we were breaking up a little bit there. I was just saying, I don't know if we're going to talk to you before or after the Super Bowl or what the deal is, but hopefully we get to talk to you one more time this year to wrap it all up. Absolutely, man. You know, you know, you know, you guys are family, man. We're going to wrap this thing up. We got to talk about this thing. We got to tell you, are you guys going to be at the Super Bowl? Well, now that the Niners aren't going, I don't think we are either. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the sad part, I know. But, I, but I'll keep you abreast. I'll be, I'll be your reporter on this. There you go. And keep you abreast of what's going on. We family, and I want to play, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I keep you in line and intact of what's going on out there. You're the man, Michael. Thank you so very much. Always good chatting, guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Michael Irvin. He can leave the airport now. We're going to pay him like we would any stringer, right? Like 100 bucks a day. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got the Ryan Leong rate. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, it was just Ryan's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Ryan, if you're listening. Uh, Why would you know that? I saw it on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. A um, couple things to wrap up here today. Getting back to the concept of officiating and how you make it better. I don't know how you fix it, but I do think every single team needs to read this tweet by former 95.7 The Game host Guy Haberman, who said, remember... In football, it's the coach's job to officiate the biggest plays. And I believe that. I, and I really do believe that. And, and I don't think there should be any hesitation in throwing out a challenge flag, whether you've seen it or not, because the amount of scrutiny that you can put on a catch, what is a catch? It's undefined. No one really knows. Not even back in New York. Not even Mike Peralta. No one knows. Pereira. Pereira, whatever. Mike Throw, Peralta. Sorry, another wrong guy. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. you, you take the bull by the horns and shake it, and you never know what's going to come out. Well, especially in the first half, because first half timeouts don't really matter as much. Right. I think that you, I mean, and we're, and we're obviously talking about the Devontae Smith catch that wasn't a catch. Um, I think coaches tend to overvalue one thing more than anything else, and that's timeouts. In the same way that general managers tend to overvalue draft choices. It's, it's good to have them, but every once in a while you got to spend one just on a whim. And that's what that would have been. But it would have been a whim that paid off. And... Does it change the nature of the game? Maybe for a little while. I mean, I still think Philadelphia was better and was going to win. But you don't want to go into the offseason feeling like, like you left one in the chamber. Uh, and I think that's one that Kyle Shanahan will kick himself in the rear end about. Because no doubt. No doubt. He's, not, he's not so arrogant and sure of himself that he doesn't 
go back through every game and look to see what did I miss? What did I not get right? Well, and the angle that showed the drop was definitive. I mean, there was no question. Not even an Eagle fan would have booed the result of that being overturned once they saw that that play. And the fact is, throwing a flag, if nothing else, buys you time to get another angle. Because, as you said before, nobody had that angle right away. But right away goes away pretty quickly. If you have more, you know, more time, somebody's got a chance to spot a different angle. And so I think, you know, that's one of those things where, all right, if we lose the timeout, we lose the timeout. We can live with it. Call the timeout to get your defense together. And while that's happening, maybe you see that and then can, no, I guess you can't call timeout on back-to-back plays. You couldn't say now we're challenging after our timeout. No, you stall like hell. But yeah. Um, by the way, Kyle Shanahan was asked in the press conference why that challenge didn't happen in the first quarter. Because the replay we saw didn't definitely show that. They actually, we saw one up on the scoreboard. I was going to throw one anyways just to hope to take the chances, but they showed one up on the scoreboard that didn't have all the angles you guys saw, and that looked like a catch, so we didn't want to waste a timeout, which we definitely would have if we didn't see that. But then I heard they got a couple other angles, and you guys end up seeing later that it was not a catch. After the commercial, they came back from network break, and they even said, we just got this angle. Like, we didn't have this in real time. And from the other angle, it looked like Devontae Smith had made one of the five greatest catches you've ever seen in a playoff game. I mean, it was a spectacular effort. And one of the three greatest, I'm going to pull one off here, he, because he knew more than anybody else that, hey, they're, they're going to take this away unless I do something. It's an incredibly bright play by him, and that probably has been lost in all this discussion, but he basically got them a touchdown because of it. And it was a touchdown that made a difference. It certainly was. It certainly was. Brutal. Here's Kyle Shanahan talking about just wrapping up the year and the love he's got for the guys in that locker room. I got more love for these guys than I possibly could have, and they got it for each other. I was real proud of how they fought out there. Our guys didn't shy away from anything. thought they got dealt a pretty tough card today, or a tough hand. You know, I just, I just heard for those guys. I and mean, we felt really good about this game. And uh, it was a tough one, some tough circumstances. And we should have done a few things better. But I'm really proud of the group in there and excited to look forward to talking to some of them on the play. All those had to have been sullen conversations, though. That's rough. It's a roughest. It's as, it's as, again, if I sat down to create the most painful loss available, I don't even know if my warped mind would have come up with that. That was just savagery. It was brutal, brutal way to go out and lose that game. And we'll be, I'm sure, talking about it throughout the week. We got a little bit more. We're going to get interrupted, though, on what, Wednesday and Thursday this week with some Warriors basketball. And we got Warriors in Oklahoma City Thunder up tonight. Warriors only have, how about this, right? All year long, they only have two winning streaks of three or more games this entire year. Tonight's an opportunity to have a three-game winning streak. Don't sneeze at that when you hardly have taken advantage of it. So it's a win that they need tonight in their final 35 games of the year. And we're going to be judging them only on their final 35 games of the year. They really want to be taken for all of their gravitas as a franchise and say, when it comes time and the chips are down, we will play. Okay, well, since you're not going to choose that moment in time and whether it lies in the season, I'm going to do it. The final 35 games of the year are the important ones. They're 2-0 and 
in their final 35 games of the year. They beat the Grizzlies. They beat the Raptors on Friday night. We said that they needed to go at least 14-4 and four in their final 17 home games. And they have to at least go 5-12 and 12 in their final 17 road games. Tonight is the first opportunity to pick up a road win in the final stretch of 35 games. And even if that is the record and they come in at uh at uh you know 19 and 16. I hear you doing math in your head. Yeah, you can hear it, right? It's terrible. It sounds awful. But if they come in 19 and 16, they're still 42 and 40 on the air. So they should even be better than my expectations. But and quite frankly, 42 and 40 will get them sixth. That's it, how that's how relentlessly mediocre the Western Conference has been this year. Unless everybody's about to collectively step on the gas pedal and start playing some better basketball. Well, they a lot of them play each other, so that's probably not going to happen mathematically. A uh, couple more things just to get into. Thought this was sort of interesting about the Super Bowl preview that is in front of us. Saw this from Josh Dubow. This is going to be the seventh Super Bowl since the merger where the first team All-Pro QB, Mahomes, is facing the second team All-Pro QB in Jalen Hurts. We had that in 2016 with Matt Ryan and Tom Brady, in 2009 with Peyton Manning and Drew Brees, in 91 with Jim Kelly and Mark Rippon, in 84 with Dan Marino and Joe Montana, in 81 with Ken Anderson and Joe Montana, in 71 with Bob Greasy and Roger Staubach. What's fascinating about this, Ray, is that the second team QB is 6-0 and when facing the first team QB in the Super Bowl. It's kind of interesting, right? Well, I, I don't think know it's why an indication that that's how you have to bet. There you go. We'll talk more about that. As the week goes along, we got much more as the week goes along, but we're going to get you out to Oklahoma City right now. Warriors basketball about to tip off. Tim Roy and company are next. Meanwhile, for everyone here on that side of the glass and on this side of the glass, my name's Damon, reminding you that sports don't build character. They reveal it. I'll stall for you just a minute more, Grandy, because you made the O face. And now that I got this microphone stiff, look at that. That microphone is a good... What's that, like a 55-degree angle? That's like a good hard-on angle right there, since we were talking about Mike Dicks earlier in the stream. You're the worst. No, oh, come on now. Turn the worst. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's horrifying. 55-degree angle, honey. Ready to go. <laughs> Your wife should leave you now. Sports don't build character. They reveal they, it. They, they conceal it. <laughs> and like that, he's gone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 